In a world filled with incredibly remarkable human beings, it's my mission to shine light on some of the stories and lessons that we accrue during our time here. My goal is to fill you with the same hope and inspiration I found in some of my friends along the way. What I've also found is sometimes inspiration doesn't always slap you in the face. Sometimes an immense bond or a chance situation will reveal the greatest of all inspirations. However you receive your message, hearing another's perspective on life's challenges and triumphs will help you to put some of your own anguish and concerns at ease. We will learn together that there is far more that unites us than the objects that tear us apart. We are going to simplify our lives as we grow together on this mission of finding more hope in our everyday life. So, sit back and relax. I want you to enjoy the ride. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The World with Nate. Today, I have a super special guest on with me. It's a, a friend I've had for a long time. We had an opportunity to meet when I was young in the military, and uh, I was working on becoming the type of person that I'm trying to be today. His name is Corey Servillion. He is a mental performance coach currently. I'll have him tell you a little bit about what he does later. The things that he has brought to the table for me, Corey reached out to me right when I started my pursuit of the world with Nate. He was um, working on himself and he thought that we could relate on some of the things that we were trying to do. Uh, I didn't really know. I hadn't spoke with Corey until I, I left the military. We kind of lost touch and I didn't really know what he was into. So when he when he told me what he was doing, it was something that I thought I could directly reply uh, or apply, excuse me, to my own life. Stuff like self-reflection, my routine and habits, what's making me tick every day. When I started the world with Nate, I had large aspirations and I didn't really know where I was going. So I needed to set some sort of goals and obtaining those and the uh, self-talk I used to do that. And then there were extra bonuses like breathing exercises, meditation and mindfulness that you've been teaching me. And uh, I'm week 10 out of a 12 week uh, program of sessions and it has changed my way of thinking, Corey, and I appreciate everything you've done for me. You've been so generous with your time and your wisdom, the tools you have in your tool belt, and I appreciate the hell out of it. So welcome to the world with Nate, dude. I'm excited for you to be here. All right. Good stuff, man. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Honestly, of thank course. you for, for bringing me on. Of course. I'm excited to share with our guests the uh, things we've been working on how you got to where you're at because it's not an over overnight thing you know it's it takes work definitely right and that mindfulness like you you've installed in me uh i want to start our story with what made you decide to enter the military like i said you know you you were one of my supervisors early on in my day when i had zero oh, tact yeah. and <laughs> even less empathy and uh Let's start with that. What made you decide to enter the United States military? I think they would call it all thrust, no vector. Uh, okay. When we, yeah. when we, when we get new guys, I guess the, the Space Force can take that one. But um, uh, what, the question, what, what made me join the military? Yeah. Why did you decide? Uh, what was your what was your hitting home for going into the military? Just, you know, years and years of sitting on the couch watching action films with my dad, man, just seeing all the coolness that you get to do. And um, honestly, not, you know, later on in high school, not wanting to, you know, waste my parents' money in college. I wasn't, you know, I barely graduated high school. And so I okay. wasn't, I don't think I was ready for the academic rigor um, at university or, so I wasn't, that wasn't where my mind was. And so I really felt like the military will be, give me an opportunity, you know, listen to some of the other stories from family members and, and people that have, and friends that have been in the military and talked about the, the benefits and things that they've gotten out of it and how it's been able to, you know, propel them in the direction that they were, but they've been trying to go, you know, a piece of their journey. And so I thought, it, you know, a lot of benefits to it. And then it was it was easy for me. I almost joined the Marines. 
I was getting tracked down by those guys. And then I was, I was lucky enough to <clears throat> catch the Air Force recruiter when he was in the office. Uh, and and that was okay. it. And so we got together and yeah. So it was a chance circumstance. You're going into the Air Force. It wasn't like pre-planned. Hey, this is where I'm going. It was I'm going into the military. Here's the Air Force recruiter. Let's go this way. Well, I was thinking, I was like, well, I just want to do it at, you know, I want to be the, the best of the best of the best, sir, with honor. So that kind of deal. Okay. And I was like, well, all the right. Marines, they, they're they really, they got it all together and they fight and they do this and they do all that stuff. And uh, to be honest with you, the recruiter was just a little bit too, over too zealous. And I was like, what, you know, what's the deal with him? Why, why does he want me so bad? And I said, and I kind of backed off. And the yeah. Air Force guy was like, I could never get him on the phone. I could never find him. And then uh, we were able to, to work together enough to get me in the delayed entry program. Um, and so, yeah, I had to track him down a little bit. Yeah. So that chase that, well, they don't necessarily want me. Maybe that's where I need to go. I was like, there's something to this. Like, what's going on? Why am I not being pursued like everybody else? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody, everyone's ex experience is different in that. And so it just intrigued me and it got me to research more on the decision and a lot of back and forth. But I, I think I made the right one and I'm really proud okay. of my time. Yeah. And you joined right after high school. You said you entered de a delayed entry program. At what point did you do that? I graduated high school June. I got a job at a factory. Um, in my little town of Chicago, okay. and I worked there <laughs> uh, until November. I, I guess it's ve on Veterans Day is when I shipped, is when I went to oh, San Antonio. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. 2002, yeah. And then you uh, got into Lackland and jumped off the bus, and what was the first thing that was going through your mind when they're screaming at you to unpack your stuff? What did I get myself into? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I had no idea. You see these people walking around in these fatigues and, and, and these, you know, these, this military uniform, very serious, very sharp, very focused and yes. deliberate. Um, yeah. And disciplined. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? This is not what the commercial. As a kid, <laughs> yeah. As a kid, you're like, there is no way I can morph into that. <laughs> what am I doing here? High standards right off the bat. So it was really yeah. intimidating at first. Yes. Very intimidating. That's a very good word for it because that is, seems out of reach, right? You don't. Uh, so one of my guests actually said when he went to the university of Iowa as a walk-on football player, the, the culture there breeds offensive linemen into the NFL. So when he got there as a walk-on light and weight, he was like, man, do I, can I even be here? And some of his self-talk, you know, is just dragging him back. And the second he let go of that shit and said, well, if I don't deserve a spot now, I'm going to earn that, you know, transformed his life. And Absolutely. some of that you've given me uh, just, you know, relating it to a lot of people go through that stuff. You put yourself in those those opportunities, but it doesn't come without risk. It doesn't come without uh, trials and tribulations. Right. Yep. Absolutely. The risk is so more factors. Yeah, you got yeah. off that bus thinking, what the hell, right? Yeah, it was pretty traumatizing <laughs> at first. Okay. Um, but I hung in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was I was really lucky. You know, there's a, it's a very, that was the thing about, um, you know, the military in general. But in this environment, it's very diverse. And so there are people from all over, all every single walk of life you can imagine, you became roommates with overnight. Uh, and there was one guy, I remember him telling me, he's like, look, man, it's not like this in the real world. They're just, you know, this, they're just doing this because it's, you yeah, know, it's, this is all pretend. This is all, he's like, I grew up, my dad is a, you know, a, a chief master yeah. sergeant or something. And, you know, I grew up in on Air Force bases all over the world and right. it gets better. It gets better. And I was like, man, you have no idea <laughs> what yes. that did for me. You know I mean? Just, just, him yeah. just seeing my distress and, yeah. you know, you, helping you through that right, time right because that time is hard as hell i remember laying in the bunk you know thinking this how do i run away how do right. i get the hell away from this air force base will they come put me in prison if i just well leave? first they're gonna sing hit the road jack they're gonna have yeah. 60 people singing hit the road jack <laughs> like a chorus yep. while, you, while you're running and across the drill pad. You out. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's intense. But to have someone who had already been in that experience that you could gravitate towards and tells you like, hey, they're trying to, you know, harden you up so that they can create what needs to be done for combat. That's what we're training, you know, those United States military kids to do, you know, absolutely. That's the goal of it. And you eventually saw that with your career taking you to where it took you as a you were a professional military uh, education instructor uh, teaching some of the most combat hardened warriors in America. And we'll get to that. So you did your, uh, you did your basic training in San Antonio and where were you sent first? Where'd you go? After that, I took a trip North Texas to Shepard air force base. Okay. Um, where I went to what we call technical training to learn my job, which was survival equipment, parachute rigger, uh, packing parachutes and, and life rafts and those, uh, we call them adult childs. You know, when you get on the airplane and they give you that, that uh that briefing or that safety briefing up front and they yes. put that yellow thing over their necks yes that that was that's what i did uh nine nine to okay. five monday through friday so i was you packed, neck no, high you packed those up correct you packed would, them into the casing for the pilots of the air force right absolutely for the yeah, awesome. air crews and that kind of thing yes hell yeah so we share that lineage we we, we uh you were my supervisor in that exact job which is kind of cool and that's a perfect illustration for for civilians you have those yellow things that we put the same things around our pilots necks you know mm-hmm. uh, before they before they went out the door and that was a large portion of our job uh, a lot of facets to that career field in general oh, yeah. there's a lot of different things you can do um so you went to school for that at Shepherd, and then they grad. You graduated there. How was your experience in the training environment in the military? It was great. It got better. He was okay. right. Yeah, you know, yeah. It got, it got a, lot, a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, in tech school, right? Right, because you're exposed a little bit more to the broader culture. You're getting technically proficient. You're around other people in the same um, same boat, and so you develop a lot of different relationships. Supportive and. Um, and centered on growth, you know, and refinement and development, that kind of thing. So <clears throat> it was a great experience. It's a little bit different than the basic training, right? Like right. you don't have as many people trying to smash you and break you down and, and change who you are. Right. It's more like you said, refining and, and learning your skill yeah. so that you can go into the workplace, aka the, the big air force and be a valuable asset, right? Exactly. And, so and, you, and slowly bringing you up to standard slowly because right. it can't happen overnight or you f- the wheels fall off right, right. and that's a perfect motto that's a perfect motto for life and mm-hmm. it's a perfect motto for the program you've taken me through some of the where i'm at now and the the short 10 weeks we've had together in the 12-week program i couldn't have an, imagined where i'm at now and speaking about some of the things that we'll speak about and how it's impacted my life already and and those are just easy things once you understand the principles and the why and you incorporate them slowly and then it becomes habit and uh i just have i think a lot about what you're doing Corey. i think it's awesome uh so you graduated there and then where was your first air force base you get sent somewhere after tech school i don't know if you remember there's a movie uh men in black with will smith yes yes and he I've gets seen the op- one and two one and two <laughs> yep. and he gets the offer to become a man a man in black and he i remember he goes and it's i think it's central park new york and he sits on the bench and he looks and then the sun sets and the sun rises and he's still in the same position but still focused and still like aware and in tech school i learned that i was going to go to germany um, while I was there. And so I, that was the scene that kind of played out in my dorm room. I was laying on the floor. I was looking at the ceiling. The sun went down, the sun came up and I was like, what is this? What's going on? <laughs> like, I felt yeah. like you know, it was, it was a big shock to my system. I never imagined I would be moving out of the States. And there's, you know, uh, there's some things that you can research and be prepared for, but until it happens, you know, you don't know how you're going to react in certain situations. So I kind of just froze. I got over it, you know what I mean? And then I got excited and then I made sure my parents were okay. And then we moved on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the instant that you got that news, it was shocking, right? Like right, it was I'm little... leaving the United States of America. Well, cause everyone around me was going to Florida and California and this place and that place or continuing training. And right. I was the only one in that group of maybe 10 airmen that were, that was going overseas. And so it was, it was, um, 
you know, it was a great opportunity. I was, you know, as it approached, I got more and more excited uh, once I learned to learn more about it. But in the initial right. shock was, yeah. you know, what about everything else? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What about my life here? What right. about this? Yeah. And we know, you know, both of us had the experience um, as non-commissioned officers and later on in our military career to know that the kids at the schoolhouse purposefully don't get selected to go overseas because of it's a huge culture shock and it's new. So yeah, they might take one or two new people, but most of the time you're getting people that have been in for a couple of years and established you know, their lives. And when yeah. you're an 18, 19 year old kid and they're saying, well, you're going to Germany, yeah. it can hit you as, oh man, I uh, was supposed to go to Az- Az- Azur, Az- Azul. Oh, the Azores. Yeah. Uh, Azores. Yeah. I got uh, orders there, but they got deferred. I went to Utah instead, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know why that all worked out in the big air force, but same thing. I remember getting those and I'm like, what? Like I thought about maybe Iraq or Afghanistan, but I never thought where is the, I don't even know where the hell this place is. You know, where are you sending me? So that was a shock to me too. I know exactly what you're talking about, Corey. I was like, this, I'm a kid from Iowa. Like where? Yeah. Mediterranean. So yeah, dude, that was a shock to me. So Germany, how do you remember how long the initial flight is? It was like nine hours. It was, I think I flew from Chicago to Atlanta, Atlanta to Germany. So, so I think that it was about a nine hour. It was the longest flight I've ever had. (laughs) Yeah. At that Um, point in time. Yeah. 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 Those flights over the oceans, they're long and, and obnoxious. And when it's your first one and you have that much anxiety and excitement, which you, anxiety you can turn into that excitement later on we find out right Corey? right those nerves those nerves and turn those into positive reinforcement and completely change the way that you're thinking about your entire existence if you just understand those principles right so we're young kids and we don't know any of this and we're instead of being excited about a new culture and a new environment and a great opportunity and a new landscape and new friends we get sucked down by the well, I'm scared and it's new and I'm tired and I'm hungry and I can't have McDonald's. Well, yeah, there's McDonald's in Germany too, big boy, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So you went to Germany. I did. Uh, All right. Yeah, it was a Labor Day weekend. I got there um, and I'm in Germany and my... Uh, my supervisor picked me up and he's, he was very, very quiet. And so it's an, it was an hour drive from the airport to where I was going to be living on base. And so it was just a quiet drive. It was kind of awkward. You know, I would think I would have more conversation, but it was, it was nice because it allowed me to take in the landscape and, you know, it was, it was a very different place. It was like being on a different planet for me. So I'm just, you know, up against the window and I'm taking in everything. (laughs) But it's Labor Day yeah. weekend, so we get to base and everybody's on holiday. Everybody's gone, yeah. and I'm there in a room with a mattress, <laughs> and, and, and right. no one's coming back for the next four days. And so I'm wandering around base, and you know it's like being on the moon. And I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, make that next step or whatever. Yeah, yeah, navigate that new terrain. Yeah, that's a wild time to get somewhere because I know exactly what you're speaking on the when you're in that environment, people were probably out exploring the countryside and, you know, they got a four day pass. They're not going to be sitting on base Yeah, and you're but, the new guy getting in and well, dang, what am I supposed to do? You know, it was really, un- it was really uh, uncomfortable to, you yeah. Know, so, so at what point did you start to feel like Germany was home? Because I know that later on you have nothing but amazing things to say about your time. There. It got better. You know what I mean? Like, just like he said it would, it got better. Um, I got used to it. I started to learn the language. I started to do, you know, get out and, and travel. That was the, you know, the the big thing uh, was to was to enjoy it. And that was the thing about my leadership. Uh, they really embraced that kind of, uh, like I guess, a, a holistic well being approach. A holistic well approach to well being, uh, in the sense that yeah, we have a tough job. We have a um, a very like dynamic mission, but we also are people and we need to explore and experience. So it was a good time, um, to be able to travel and, 
and and learn about myself and learn about the, the you know, that culture and other cultures. You know, Germany was, yeah. was in the center of Europe. So in four or five hours, you could be anywhere. Um, you can be a lot of different right. places. So, Right. And the amount of history that is there as well. Absolutely. Know. Understanding culture and how it works and, you know, the, where it comes from, how it's formed uh, and how you sustain it. You know, those things are those those things really matter and they're transferable too. you know, when you talk about the work that we've been doing, um, culture, you know, understanding culture and relationships. That's a, you know, huge, huge part of our development. Huge. And it's so different. Even when you're talking about in a state, there's so much oh, difference absolutely. in the east and the west side of state A. Mm hmm. So to not think that that those same principles and theories apply to the world, it's insane. It's a big, huge, different place, you know, yeah. and there's and then you start when you get those those mindset tools and you start thinking about other people's walks of lives and the things that they've had to go through and why they're maybe reacting a certain way in the certain circumstance that they're in. It allows you not to get hung up on things that are out of your control. It allows you not to get hung up in their world, <laughs> you know, we're each on our own, on our own paths, not saying you shouldn't worry about others. That's we're we're definitely a community. Um, Correct. But, but at the same time, we have to understand what works, what's our formula for being able to show up how we want to show up consistently, you know, so that's also important as well. Hell yeah. You having that leadership at Germany that um, fostered that early get out you know this is a stressful as hell job the military look at all the data you know we'll talk later about uh data data driven science look at the data of how stressful it is in the military even when you're not at war you know and uh you have to do things that are healthy or you're gonna get into the things that are not healthy and the coping mechanisms that don't promote growth. And I think that travel, immersing yourself in other cultures, meeting new people, sharing your heart experiences are the only things that are going to do it. Right. Absolutely. And, you know? and it was easy because the mission supported it. You know what yeah. I mean? I spent some time um, doing um uh, we call aviation advisor work where we would go and the mission would be to, to partnership and build relationships, uh, with, you know, different countries, organizations, um, right. obviously, you know, a natural national security objective, but at the same time, uh, those skills to be able to, you know, of, of diplomacy, um, and yes. negotiation and, you know, communication, they, they, they transfer, um, and so understanding right. how that worked was a, a, a huge help, you know, having your right. personal mission aligned with your works, you know, with your right. work or your job, that kind of thing. So, yeah, with your why, if you with can your line why, up what you're, what you're doing with your why, then you have the love of your job and you're never working a day in your life. Like everybody says, right? Yeah. That's what they say. Like, well, if, you love, <laughs> if you love what you're doing, you never work a day in your life. And right. Uh, the closer I get to my why, the the more that's starting to ring true, and it's exciting to see for the future. Absolutely. Yeah. So you got an opportunity to work with different cultures and build. You said you spoke about the diplomacy. You know, we realize that the United States military, the function of that, is a war fighting machine. We've both been deployed to combat zones together. Thankfully, oh, yeah. I hope. I hope you share one story in particular a little bit later. All right. I think I know which story. <laughs> yes, I know you know what I'm talking about. So um, you were in Germany doing some of that. It got you that early exposure um, to to the big picture, the picture, the the right way of going about business. You know, when you build and foster those relationships with those people in those countries and you show them that you care about the things that they care about and you want to learn those things it completely changes the relationship that you'll have with those people. Absolutely. I've seen it. I've seen it on multiple combat deployments in the Middle East. The first couple, I wasn't hearing it. I wasn't open to anything that anyone different from the United States mission was. And then, you know, with that experience and starting to see those things, they're just people too, you know, they're just trying to scratch out their little piece of living just as we are too. Absolutely. Right. 
that yep. empathy, right? Mm-hmm. So you go from Germany where, Corey? Where's the Where's the big Air Force tell you you're going after Germany? After Germany, it is well before leaving Germany. I was I think I was fortunate enough to be promoted, and that's kind of how we met. Is because I was a sergeant and yes. uh, you, you're just coming into the military. Yes. But one of the things about promotions is that process of being a peer one day and then the next day being the supervisor and the one that has the authority and the, uh, that kind of thing. And so it, I, I think I was fortunate in the sense that when I arrived in Utah, um, I ha- I was able to start fresh and I was able to start new. Not many people get that opportunity. So I wanted to take advantage of it. Um, and so I think that's that's a lot of how our relationship started to blossom as far as the the, the mentorship, the yeah. the development, the we had a lot, you know, the yeah, professionalism, 100%. you know, learning yes. about how things are supposed to work and how to be effective and appropriate and those kind yeah. of things. So what did the military to do to prepare you for the role of non commissioned officer? Because the jump for people that that might not know, you know, I have a bunch of civilian uh, listeners. You go from E four to E five, in particular, in the United States Air Force, what we're speaking on, and you go from being a, a worker to a manager. Correct. Correct. What skills? What schools? What attributes does the United States military give to you so that you're ready for that responsibility? So there's 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 many levels of professional development, and it depends on which level you are um, as far as your rank. Ironically enough, the the process. So the thing that got me, um, I guess, ready is we, we have a leadership development school for brand new supervisors. And so you, you come out of your job for a, a period of time, a couple months, and then you sit in the classroom and you learn about managerial communication and ethics and uh, public speaking, these kind of things. And so it being in that position or being in that environment really motivated me to do better, you know, or to okay. make a difference. And the ironic right. part is that's what that's what I do now for the uni- University of Washington. I'm an um, organization development consultant and training specialist. And so our our practice is built around leadership development. And right. so once I had that experience, I knew that there was there was more, you know what I mean, that I could I can skill up and I can develop myself and I can use those tools uh, and that new understanding to kind of create a better workplace. Um because it is a stressful environment. It's very dynamic and it's always moving. So th- that was one of the big things that I think prepared me for my role. And so I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And it was kind of the catalyst for everything after that, you know, it was kind of aligned me better with my purpose right. and what I want to do uh, and what I can do well, right. you know, um, and how I can help. Heck yeah. Yeah. That, that is your, was your first taste of the, professional military education that airman airman leadership school th- yeah that's and, what they call uh, it yeah that's what they call it now yeah. i think now i'm in 2015 right. that's what they called right. it uh so uh i also went through that and those feelings that you can get if you put the work into that program you come out of there feeling like a completely different person right like right. i was ready to be the best boss you know but like you said you got the opportunity to move from Germany to become a boss and you move them air force moved you to Utah, right? Right. If you stay in that same culture and those peers see you one rank up, that's, it's tough. Speaking from experience, I went from, a, uh, people that were my peers one day to, I had to be there, the person writing their, uh, performance report report the next day, you know? And it's hard because you have to set some different boundaries, right? Like it's a different, different game at that point. And that's hard to stay. I guess it was hard for me to, to continue to know what my why was. I kind of lost myself. It takes work. It yeah. does. It takes uh, presence and awareness. It takes those things to kind of stay focused on what is, what is it that we're, need, we're needing to focus on. Right. And we get distracted because life, you know, life happens and things. Yeah rattle us and we fall and we fail and all the, you know, they, they wear on us. And so it's important. 
Heck yeah. So you graduated ALS, went to from Germany to Utah, and boom, what year did you get to Utah? I think this is like 2009, 2010. And I got there at the the very end of 2009. So we were there close to the same time. Yeah, it's all a blur, man. It's all right. that time. It's just like one big, like, like wow, yeah. I did that? Like, what yeah. happened? <laughs> I know. It feels like a different life sometimes, it is. doesn't it? Yeah. To where, where you're at now, which right. is good. And, you know, sometimes it's sad, you know. I'm, I, I still miss putting on that uniform. I relished wearing that thing every day, you know, yeah. it was, it really was part of who I was, which now I know that's not quite what I want of life. But at that point in time, you know, it was a big chunk of what Nate Allison was. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard not to intertwine our identities, you know, with our jobs and our right. work, but we have to remember that we're people, we're human and we have human needs and, you know, creatures of habit and you know our environment matters and those kind of things yeah and so there's different standards there's different structures so being able to could separate those things but they can work in harmony that you know and that's a lot of the work um with UW is like how we how can we you know bridge this gap and and um propel like growth and growth and fulfillment within your, your workplace but still being your your individual self interdependence yeah why i love what you just said was when you were first my supervisor there was an instance where you told us to vacuum the rest of the room before we left for the day and i at the time was maybe the highest ranking person so i gave that responsibility to someone else while i was doing something else and i came back in after they were done and gone for the day and it was a pigsty, like there was still string on the floor and tape. And it was a mess for my standards, for what I thought was clean. And I was pissed and I was vacuuming, smashing the vacuuming around. And you came out of the, of the, wherever you were in the back or whatever. And you're like, what's going on, dude? And I'm like, these guys were supposed to clean this crap up. And now I got to do it. You know, I got to pick up their slack and that pisses me off. And you're like, well, what'd you tell them to do? And I said, I said, vacuum before you guys leave. And he's like, well, why is it their fault that you didn't explain how to vacuum better than what you did? And then I was pissed at you. I was like, this isn't my fault. These guys are pigs. But here's what it did, Corey. It gave me the mindset where, you know what? Maybe it wasn't them. Maybe I didn't tell them what I thought I needed. You know, it, it gave me that sense. Not everybody's vacuum the floor is the exact same. And that's exactly right. what you said about standards in what you just said. And I don't know if I never thought that I got too clouded and chasing my own shit until I was 20, whatever years old. And then you came in and you said that and at the right, it hit like a nail, like the head of a nail. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, I'm not getting the result I want. I'm not being concise into what I'm asking. Absolutely. And in that moment, it really helped me out. And for the rest of my military career and my life, I think about that. And, and you know, these things can change the course of our you know, it, small things. And so you, before you said easy, I, I think sometimes it's a little it, it's it's relative. I would say simple. You know what I mean? Like these things are very simple. They're plain. We know them. It's been researched. It's been published. It's been all these things. But we still have to stay aware so we can deploy them in the right moments. Yes. Perfect. That is perfect. Because even if you are a master of these things in our sessions, you have said to me that after all of these years of yoga work, you are finally starting to feel like there's a benefit. How many years have you been practicing yoga, Corey? For about six years now. Okay. Six years yeah. dedicated to learning, building, growing, you are just starting to see the fruits of your labor. Talk about uh, delayed gratification, right? <laughs> you know, well, that well, that, I think that's the process is having trust and faith in that what you, you know, what your vision is and what you set out to do that you'll accomplish it, no matter what. And you know, things happen, we get knocked down, but the ability to get up, dust ourselves off, and continue is paramount because 
you know, we're here for a, a limited amount of time and there's only so much yeah. we can do. There's only so much that we can focus on. And so I think, you know, finding that focus is, is great. You know what I mean? But maintaining it is, you know, it's, it's work. Yes. Work. And that's what we've been doing. That was, that was what you brought to light for me. I didn't, when you reached out to me, I didn't, you know, I missed Corey Servillian and I, I knew you were in school in California, but you lose track of some of your friends. I'm not saying that we lost our friendship because you get right back off like all military buddies do, you know, but we didn't know what we were doing every day, you know? So you reached out to me after I started this podcast and kind of explained what you had going on. And dang, I don't know if it could have been a a more perfect time in my life. And I do not believe in coincidence. Mm -hmm. I'm a very faith driven person at this point in my life. And that does not come without work as well. I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying. There's a point in my life when I didn't believe in God. And now I know what I believe in. I'm not saying you have to believe in the same thing. I say, you need to figure out why you believe in what you believe in. Right. And you are just helping me know exactly why and how I'm going to go about doing what I am. And I am nothing but grateful uh, for you helping me do that, dude this program that, that you, uh, some of the things you've, you've taught me. And it's like you said, some of it can be as simple as your routine and your habit, right? It's just uh, mind blowing what some of those things can do for you if you employ them. So um, <laughs> you were my supervisor at Utah teaching me some of these little nuances. And I thought you had your life completely put together and you were the NCO to be Corey. Like, I mean that as I just wanted to be exactly like you did. I admired the hell out of how you went about work and all that. how did you feel at that point in your life at that point in time as an NCO? You're, you're brand new to the, to the position, brand new to Hill, Utah. Uh, well, that, that, that's just it. I, I don't know how I felt at that time. I was a, you know, um, I was a I was a robot. I was a lean mean machine, and it, yeah. you know it was really about you know identity, and um, uh, that was a really hard time for me. And I really that's I really I appreciate you saying those things because that was my aim. My aim was always to be you know a professional, a good supervisor, um, a good leader, that kind of thing. I really was bought into um, change and or- organizational change and growth and aligning the, its people. And the mission, I thought, I think that's kind of cool. And so I put all my energy and effort into that. And I I feel like I did okay. Uh, Yes, dude. Time out. (laughs) Everyone who was there at that time period when we were there will say the same thing, Corey. You were a shining star in that place. Take the, everyone will share that. We have had guests, Chris Bradshaw and Greg, <laughs> everyone, all of our friends from Utah, I still communicate with have nothing but great things to say about you, everything, all the work that you did. So the inside stuff, the self-talk, that's, you weren't there, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing is like on the outside, this is what I had to do, but it took so much energy, it took so much focus in order to be all those things to all those people that uh, home life wasn't where it needed to be. Home life was a disaster. And um, that time where I'm you know, not at work and I and and needing to rest and needing to recover was spent preparing, you know, for the next day or the next presentation or the next exercise or the next, you know, training or whatever it is, is it was, my life was 100%, you know, and what I did as a, as a, you know, Sergeant Civilian. Um, and so that was a, that was a huge lesson to learn, uh, as far as what I needed for me and how I could still be, you know, a, a high performer and how to yes. balance those things. Because life requires all of that of us, right? You can't just be the superstar at work anymore. It doesn't work like that. Life is multifaceted and Absolutely. we have got to conquer every piece of it if we yeah. want to be 
our best selves, right? Yeah, we have different buckets. And just like you talked about your spirituality, you know, that's just important, you know, as a mental game or, you know, understanding emotional regulations and your feelings right. and our social stability and communities, all these things, they work together um, right. to make us complete and fulfilled and allow us to grow. And so it's important yes. to be in touch with those different I think we tend to juggle, which, uh, which you know, which I learned is juggling yeah. is not the, the ideal, uh, but we want to find balance. We balance, do want to find that yes. balance, yeah. My uh, last guest, Erica Hermson from the Sweat Inspire Sisterhood, spoke about that as well, that balance. She's a workout instructor for a, mm -hmm. a woman uh, business community for women, and she spoke about that balance sometimes you know, you need to step away from what you're doing and really focus on your why, what you got going on, what things are important to you in order to recenter yourself and get yourself out of those negative self-talks, that negative time. Maybe I don't deserve a seat at this table or I can't do this. Or, you know, everybody has that. We all have it. You Absolutely. Know, That's superstar. what makes us human. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. You know, the ones who are transparent will share that and the ones who aren't go about pretending that they're superheroes. And we realize that that is just not the case. Right. Right. Absolutely. And that's a right. process in itself, you know? Right. Right. And my mental game with you has increased tenfold. I've gotten multiple comments from, from, uh, friends, from strangers, from, uh, very close people I have relationships with that are speaking about wow, you handled that situation really well. You didn't get very stressed out about that. I still got stuff going on. I have a grandma fighting for her life against cancer. I have a very close friend in prison. I'm trying to create a podcast and make change in people's lives. Like I got a lot of stuff too, just like everyone else has a lot of stuff too. And I can't figure it out on my own, dude. And when you came to me and said, I got a program for you that's going to teach you how to be stronger mentally, 100% bought in. I was thankful that we have such an awesome relationship from the past. And I have mountains of, of uh, love for you and the wisdom that you had back then. And then when you started telling me about all the stuff that you're doing for yourself and work, the work that you've put in, I was sold, dude, on it. So let's talk about that that work that you put in for yourself. You were my boss at, at Hill, and then uh, then what? You know? Well, after that, I got the opportunity to teach, and so um, that that for was the, the opportunity, right? For the military, I, I had always from that early experience of you know getting some leadership development, getting time away from the work center, and um, putting you know energy back into myself and learning how to be a you know better person and, and leader. I got the opportunity to be an instructor in that same, and that really, that, that experience changed everything for me, uh, especially when it comes to the mental skills. A lot of the curriculum was built around applied psychology. What are the things that we can do mentally that can help us through certain situations? And most times it was just kind of like, you know, a few slides, barely a discussion. We never really dove deep. And until right. we have special operators. And so I've noticed as a you know facilitator instructor when we had a special operator a in the second, room. Take a second to explain what you mean by special operator, because outside of the military, people won't understand what that term is. Who are those people? Uh, so well, that the, they can uh, gain a grasp of, of their the success inside the military. They're the highest performers, right? Who are you working with? Absolutely. Um, these are Olympic level athletes. They're compared. They're on the same level as far as Olympic level athletes. And their mission set is a little bit different from maybe uh, the majority of the military. Uh, th there's a phrase that we use, uh, warheads on foreheads. And so in the Air Force, and these are the people that literally, you know, put the warhead to the forehead and kind of thing. And so their world is a little bit different. Um, and a lot of the people around them kind of support those missions. And so very high right. stakes situations, very stressful, um, requires a lot of focus, um, life uh, and, and death training. stuff for, for not just themselves, but civilians, for people around them, they got to be on all the time. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so these are considered like, you know, our, you know, elite of Navy of, of SEALs, the army Rangers, right. The, those Combat states, control, right? the uh, tactical air party, 
um, Pararescue, those types of guys. Pararescue, those guys. Yeah. So when yeah. they would be into in the classrooms, the the experience that they had with using these applied skills and the diaphragmatic breathing uh, and the meditation and, and what well, we call it tactical breathing, that kind of thing. But their experience and their willingness to share their journey through learning and practicing these techniques to help them be better operators, to help them deal uh with stress better uh, and to regulate their emotions so they can be on time on target was invaluable. And so yeah. like the impact that they had on the rest of the classroom uh, had a really profound impact on me because it felt like in that moment, I, you know, this is a real tangible difference. Uh, you know, the tools and skills yes. are a lot of times in intangible things, but it produces very tangible results. And so that's really yes. what, what propelled me uh, and gave me the confidence to to leave the Air Force behind. You know, this was a, uh, like we said, uh, it, you know, being Johnny on the spot and being the, the the guy to always show up and 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 perform. You know, it takes a toll on you, and it took a toll to where I burnt out. Um, and so, you know, I had to switch directions. And so, this opportunity to understand the mental skills and the applied psychology um, helped in my transition and, and, and beyond. What was the point that you realized that you were going to transition? And was that a shock to your, to your peers? Uh, I don't know if it was a shock. It's kind of like this, it's the business that we're in. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a very, uh, dynamic environment and it's constantly moving. Um, and so I don't think it was a shock to it was a shock to me because you know I had planned on doing thirty years. This is okay. this is what I this is what I wanted to do, and I lost it. I didn't have it, and I didn't know what was going on. And so my reenlistment uh, came, and my reenlistment went. I didn't reenlist, and I separated um, at yeah. thirteen years, um, and that was a that was a hard thing to do. Yeah, because you're already past the halfway point of getting that retirement check, right? Like that, that seems to be a cultural thing. All you got to do is get to 20 years. You'll be 40 years old and you get a retirement for the rest of your life, right? All you got to do is put yeah, in 20 years deploying every year and going to the desert and doing a thousand hours of CBTs and cleaning guns. And that's all you got to do. In the gas chamber. You know how many times I've been in a gas chamber? <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to be in the gas chamber. You know that many times. I've been gas again in my life. I will assure <laughs> you of that. Practicing exercises, putting on mop gear. If you don't know what mop gear is, it's what military uses to protect themselves from chemical exposure. So, for instance, uh, back in the day, some of this stuff would be worn when they thought there was a possibility to be exposed to nerve agents. So periodically, the military has to test and train those things. So me and Corey, while we were at Hill Air Force Base, were in these suits that are hot as hell, <laughs> loud, obnoxious, all a lot. We did those exercises a lot together. Part of the reason we're probably such great friends now is embracing the suck together of that. Because that time, thir uh, 12 hour shifts, and by the time you out process and get your gear, you're working 14 hour days for weeks on end. And yeah. It's not fun for anybody. I, you know, I really appreciate these opportunities because it really gives me an, an opportunity to reflect on those times. And when I was not doing so well, and you know what I mean? Like, you know, I looked forward to uh, coming in and hanging out with you guys and, and you were a very big influence. I think that's a big part of why when I, I heard you on another podcast that was recommended by Greg, Greg Lentz. And he's like, "Hey, check okay, Nate out. Yeah. He's on this podcast. He's doing this." And I was like, "Okay, cool." cool. I listened to it. I listened to it, and I was just oh, so yeah. like, um, you know, and I was. It was just like, "Oh, that's Nate. That's what Nate does." And so, even as we talked oh. about, you know, the supervisor kind of relationship, you know, that was really formal. But in an informal way, you had a lot of influence on me. Your attitude, your demeanor, your willingness to stay back and clean up the shop when you let everybody go on, you know, early on, whatever it was, you know what I mean? You're trying to do right by, you know, the environment. And so I really looked up to you in that sense. 
Um, so it was, was it was really easy because oh, I, I was like, it. you know, I get to supervise my mentor. Nice. You know what I mean? That's a win-win <laughs> situation. <laughs> I'm thankful that we're not on camera because I am blushing. My face is red. <laughs> I feel terrible about that compliment, but thank you so much, dude. I love you. Oh, man. <laughs> So let's get back to your story, though. Okay, yeah. Because you're the superstar. <laughs> um, you did your uh, professional military education instructor. That was not at Hill. They sent you. Where was that at? Back to Germany. Back to Germany, baby. We're going back, back. Yeah, back to Germany, which was a treat. You know yeah. what I mean? I really didn't want to leave the first time, but it was time to go. You know how it works. Yep. And yeah. then... Yep. Uh, yeah, it was. It went back to Germany, so that's when I spent the next four or five years in the classroom uh, with our leaders and our warriors, doing professional development. You know, managerial yeah. communication, um, human performance. It was a well-rounded program, and really and motivated you would, me. You would say that that uh, time there solidified your fact that hey, this is the route I'm going with. This is my why, right? Absolutely. How would you? Uh, how would you uh, say that when you were getting out of the Air Force, people asked you, well, what are you going to do? What did you tell them? What, what, where were you going? What was your next route? You know, I had no clue. I didn't okay. know what my next route was, but it was powerful. My purpose was powerful enough that I laid down, you know, a fruitful career. Um, when I, in my mind, I was, you know, I was been 30 years. I was going to be chief master sergeant of the Air Force and work at the Pentagon and, and yeah. you know, that kind of thing. That's where I was. But once I understood, like, where, um, I guess where I needed to be, it, it, the situ it was easy. And so many things fell into place. Like, it, yeah. you, know, uh, it, it, you know, the transition was the transition um, and still practicing and, and learning. Uh, and growing, but at the same time, like you, a lot of things that needed to fall in place as far as, you know, housing and where I'm going to go, where I'm going to be and all these different things. It was, it was easy. Um, it was easy. And so that motivated. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's because I, I knew this was, this is where I needed to be. Yeah, dude. It's exciting. You say that Sarah Cahill was on my podcast and she s shared the same sentiment with a uh, chiropractor school, like she was getting no pushback, no resistance, everything. She, she kept chasing this dream. And then she lucked into a job at the place where she was working in the office. Oh, she right. looked through a phone book and found that at the very end of the phone book and decided that's where I'll call. They needed a spot. She said she'd clean the toilets. Now she's a chiropractor at that exact same office, dude. And right. it is just inspiring as hell when you start at the bottom and work your way up. Right. Right. Cause that's what you were meant to do. And so it's, yes. yes. When your why is really aligning with what you're doing in life. Right. I think that's important. Refreshing. Yes. It's, it's, it's very important. So you, you, you got done with, you said goodbye to the military, you transitioned, there were bumps, bumps along that road. You got your bachelor's degree. Where, what'd you do? What'd you do next? What's your, what was your plan then? At that point in time. Well, my plan was just to have a, you know, to figure out what the next step was to getting what I want, what, what I wanted and, and what I was after kind of thing. Uh, and so I rode in, in school. Like I did a lot of school in the Air Force. Air Force is one big classroom anyway, yep, uh, yep. which was nice. So I was able to get um, a lot of schooling done. And so after the military, I, I got my education. I did a program in organizational leadership and okay. after that performance psychology. And so I spent my time in leadership development spaces, discussions and conversations. Uh, and then that evolved into uh, the performance aspect. What are the, you know, the meta skills and the, and the skills of performance that need to be cultivated and learned so you can do it long term you know i look at some of you know my mentors right. and other people and they've been you know doing these things for years and that stamina and longevity um that's not doesn't happen by accident that's a very you know <clears throat> you have to be deliberate about what it is that you're trying to do so i really like the idea of like very simple and you know natural processes to achieve you know whatever it is that you set out to achieve. And then the idea of, you know, it's probably, it, it could not happen or, you know right. what I mean? Or there could be, yeah. you know, there'll be bumps in the road or, you know, just, 
getting right. up every day and getting after it and hoping for the Heck best. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I love it. So when you say uh, easy or simple things that you can do, and when we're talking about mental performance coaches, since that's your, your realm, you know, and you've helped me out so much, what are some easy things that listeners can do to, you know, you come home from work and somebody at work isn't pulling their end of the job. They didn't vacuum the main room like they were supposed to. And now you're uh, stuck <laughs> at work and you're pissed off. What would you say to them as, as their mindful coach? What, are the th- I, what I would do is I would kind of leave it there. You know, I just it, that's 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 happened and things are going to happen. People are going to upset you. They're going to let you down. They're going to disappoint you, but it's over. So now in the moment, where do you need to be? Who do you need to show up as? Uh, what makes you effective? And so to that example, um, after work, one of the things I do is I sit in my driveway and I, I take a minute to focus and to breathe and to center myself and yeah. ground myself to where I am. I'm at home. I'm somewhere safe. I'm somewhere clean. I'm somewhere where nobody's going to say anything that it's going to make me feel like yeah. I did. I don't know how long ago because, you know, that kind of thing. And so, I, I yeah. you know, taking time, right. you know, making time to deep, to, to de-stress or, you know, to debrief because over time it compounds, you know, those negative things, it compounds yeah. and we get burnout yeah. out and we get overstressed. But if you kind of reverse uh, engineer it to like, what are the positive things that I can introduce? I think being present and staying present in the moment that you are. One of the things that uh, I learned working with um, in Southern California, I did a lot of work with uh, high school athletes and the, the, the concept of being where your feet are, you know, very, very simple, very, very like yeah. easy to understand at any level. It's, you know, be where your feet are. And so that's that presence. So if I can bring myself to a place of, you know, warmth and peace, then I could yeah. move into that situation in harmony with myself and with the environment. Better prepared. Right. And so yeah. that situation, whatever it was, it is no more. Right. 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 That past, you're not going to be able to do anything about anyway. Right. And that, you know, having that purpose helps, gives you something to motivate, that gives you that little, okay, sure. I'm, I'm not doing this just, you know, there's just because of whatever you, 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 right. you know why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, right. And that's very gratifying. Yes. And when you see those little things start making a difference, you say, before you get home from work, you take 90 seconds out in your car and forget about the terrible things that happen to you. And you think about if you have children, the awesome smiles that they're going to have on their face when they're running to greet you or the exciting thing that they want to share. Or maybe you have a dog. 64% of households in America have a pet, which can get their pet treats from Wags and Whiskers Pet Bakery. <laughs> and they, 64%, their pets will come up, run and lick their face when they're getting home. So find out why you're going home and what you're going home for. Focus on that and switch your mindset, right? And try, you know, it's, it seems simple. It seems simple, but it's, it doesn't always, and and doesn't always happen that way. And so we have to be deliberate about it and it may take work and it may be uncomfortable and it may be corny, you know, you may think it's corny or it's this or it's that, but if it works it it keeps you, it makes you effective um, in your endeavors, then it, you know, it's positive. That's, and that's what it's, it's, it's about, it's about the positivity and growth and fulfillment. Right. And like you said, you know, practice makes perfect. And if it's corny, but if it helps, who gives a shit? Let go of that ego. Right. The first first time I laid on the floor doing one of the breathing exercises that you uh, assigned to me at the gym, people were probably looking at me like, what is this crazy bag doing on the floor? But, you know, it's whatever. So the next piece that I would like to speak on is... Uh, to kind of wrap wrap it all up is the the fact that uh, what has helped me so much is the mindset switch, the things like uh, confidence being a choice and uh, being mindful and present in in the moment of what I'm doing. And uh, like you said earlier, picking who is showing up. You're you have a big business meeting. You get to decide which. Nate Allison shows up to that business meeting, whether it's 
the one who's stressed out because of his home life or whether it's the one who's excited about the opportunity and the next jump that you're going to make for your for your program you have a very clear choice as to what you want if you understand that right absolutely it's and that's exactly what you're teaching me dude and i've gained so much in just 10 short weeks well you know also you've you've put in the work i think my job is to facilitate learning and to create a space where you can be your best self um and so that's like, that's what I'm trained in. That's what my education is about is how do I build that relationship? How do I create that space? But you also show up on time, every time, ready, you know, hungry, eager, uh, you know, those things matter as well, because that's, you know, how, who's, how is Nate Allison showing up? Hungry, yeah. eager, ready. disciplined, ready, yeah. absolutely wise. Oh, I appreciate that. Again, you're making yeah. me blush. I'm glad this isn't there. <laughs> they can't see me. Um, yeah, dude. Got to get out of that comfort zone to get growth, right, Corey? Absolutely. It's one of the most important things through this uh, self-discovery relationship that we've had and your guidance, uh, the research-based applied psychology, the of the tools that you've given me. It's just amazing. I love what you're doing. I know that I could not be where I am right now without your help in the past. And I'm so excited about our future. Uh, I love having you in my corner, dude. Uh, thank <laughs> you so much for coming on. If you could give the listeners one more piece to help them make tomorrow easier, what would it be in regards to, to uh, self-talk or self-reflection, meditation? I know I'm putting you on the spot. No, it's it's a what you know, a piece of advice to. What's the first thing you can do to improve your self talk? I, I think the first thing, and a lot of things, is just to make the choice that you are going to be kinder to yourself. To yourself. That you're going to be more have more self compassion. Uh, I think if you make that choice, that you know you're valuable, and. Um, like knowing your value and understanding that, you know, the fact that you're here and even having these thoughts is a miracle in itself. You know, the, yeah. the ability to change your situation, you know, in an instant is a miracle in itself. Yeah. And so I think making that choice of, you know, I, I'm not satisfied or, you know, like knowing that I'm not, maybe I'm not satisfied or maybe I can do better. And starting with, well, I'm going to do better. I'm going to make that right. step, whatever it is, because it's different for everyone. It's, you know, yeah. uh, some person's first step may be going out and getting a performance coach. Uh, another person's first step may be, you know, making the choice that, you know, or getting a, you know, book um, yeah. or, or something like that. There's there's many different resources to help us grow and help us develop. Uh, a lot of the reasons, like apps, you know, I use a lot of apps for meditation and um, and I recommend a lot of things like that to help you stay, to help stay present and, and stay in the, the space that you need to be in. So make the choice. So that, so that we can be, uh, mindful, right? It helps. And that helps us build the em empathy that we're trying, trying to do, you know, in today's world, it can be cruel and hungry. It's that yeah. has never changed, yeah. right? Yeah. The world is tough and you mm -hmm. have to be tough to conquer it. So one of the things that I hope people can gain from this is, like you said, you know, having your feet, your feet are where you're at. Pay attention. Be this moment is fleeting. It's Absolutely. not going to be here tomorrow. Make the most of this second, right? Absolutely. And the exercises, the work that we've done, helping me build compassion, empathy, kindness. It makes me feel good <laughs> when I make other people feel good. It's the gift that continues to keep giving and empathy. Yeah. And I just love what you're doing, Corey. And I thank you for taking the time out of your busy, hectic schedule and um, your time to be with me and help help my listeners uh, gain some of the valuable tools that I've gained in this sh short time, 10 weeks. And I feel like I've scaled Everest <laughs> with my mind. And uh, it's nice to know that the future is even brighter, dude. And I appreciate that so much. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Nate. Well, thank you for, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I hope you had a fun time. I'm sure the guests are going to take so much amazing stuff out of this episode. But with that being said, 
I'm taking your ass to the firing range. Go to the firing range. Uh, yeah, uh, you forgot about the, this or that. Huh? <laughs> so, uh, cool. short recap here. Uh, Ten questions, this or that, you choose. Don't delay, Corey. Don't ponder. It's not the time to be mindful. You just have to collect <laughs> one or the other. Um, this episode of The Firing Range is brought to you by Wags and Whiskers, Pet Bakery. I mentioned them earlier in the episode. It's owned by people I went to high school with, Seth and Samantha Engelkin. They're out of Coggin, Iowa, locally made and produced. Their treats have three ingredients. Their three ingredients are peanut butter, oatmeal, and banana. So you can assure yourself that they are healthy and awesome for your little furball. Like I said, 64% of households in America have a pet. Get yourself <laughs> pet treats from um, Wags and Whiskers Pet Bakery out of Coggin, Iowa. Without further ado, are you ready to go to the firing range, Corey? Ready. Shooter ready. <laughs> right now, sir. So the first question for you today is oceans or mountains? Oceans. Morning or night? Morning. Hot shower or cold shower? Cold showers. Coffee or tea? Tea. Fruit Loops or Cocoa Puffs? <laughs> Cocoa Puffs. Absolutely. Walk or run? Walk. Yoga or meditation? Meditation. Wim Hof or box breathing? Box breathing. Hill Air Force Base or Germany? Germany. Many, blessing, many blessings or oceans of gratitude? Oceans of gratitude. I knew what the last one would be, Corey. That is a saying that you uh, you introduced me to. I have never known if I would feel okay to say it. And today I do feel okay in saying it to you, Corey. Oceans of gratitude, my friend, for coming. I love you. I am so grateful for everything that you've done for me. If people want to reach out, speak with you, hire a mental performance coach, where can they find you? Uh, me, I'm mostly on LinkedIn. So, you, okay. can, you know, first name, last name on LinkedIn, or if anybody wants to reach out, my email, first name, last name at Gmail. All right. All right. And there you have program options available for people who are trying to better themselves in the regard to building their stronger brain and their <laughs> mental, mental prowess, right? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today, Corey. Take care of yourself and we will speak soon. Right, we will. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Take care. See ya. If you have an incredible story you'd like to tell, and I've yet to reach out to you, please contact me directly at theworldwithnatepodcast at gmail.com. This project was made with love by Pixel Labs. This year has brought a ton of firsts for all of us. One of these firsts I'm particularly proud of is my recent home decluttering project. But with the completion of this project, it brought about a new challenge, finding room for all of my treasures. Maybe it's not treasure. Maybe it's your household items or a vehicle or camper. Maybe you do simply just want to declutter after the hectic year. If you find yourself in a similar situation, please contact my friend, at Current Storage. You can contact Buck at 319-269-9510 for all of your storage needs. They currently have locations available in Hudson, Cedar Falls, Mason City, Grundy Center, New Hartford, Webster City, and Decorah for all of your storage needs. Are you looking to sell farmland or recreational timber? Matt Tobin is a land specialist with High Point Land Company and has buyers ready to purchase land now. Land prices, coupled with historically low interest rates, make it the best time to buy or sell your property. Please give Matt a call at 563-451-7390 if you are looking to buy or sell land in all of Iowa.